It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome everybody to the Two Point Stance. I'm your boy Brian Drake on the Twitter machine at Drake Fantasy, hanging as I do every single week with the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com. It's Mr. Joe Dolan. Joe, we love to talk football. We love to talk NFL draft. Today, we're going to talk not only our favorite under-the-radar moves of the offseason, but we're going to do something that I know is near and dear to your heart. We're going to slide a little music in there, too, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Drake. Uh, good morning. Uh, it is Thursday. Uh, <laughs> it's 420. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, somebody who celebrates. Um, not, 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 not uh, right now, uh, at least uh, as we do the show. But uh, good to be with you on this 420. Um, you got something lit back there. Looks like you're. Uh, oh, I got you're, my little fireplace. Uh, I fireplace. I do the show in my basement, and yeah. uh, I, so I've. It gets freezing down here in Syracuse. It was 80 degrees this past weekend. Now it's back to reality where it's like 45, and the kids still want to wear shorts to school. In terms of like 420, I've never been into that. I'm a guy, I, this might be the lamest thing I've ever said in my life. I've never had a cigarette. I've never had a cup of coffee. But I'm also, I, I'm not a weed guy. And I'm a fraternity dude. I like lived in a frat house. We had guys at this house, like the post, uh, you know, the whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's no expectations anymore. We had guys selling everything out of this house. I mean, it was dazed and confused at our fraternity house give me a break but i never partook wasn't my thing i was just like you know what just give me a can of bush light wait a minute you've never had a cup of coffee no as if you watch i have my 16 ounce energy drink for the show here no never had a cup of coffee i hate the taste you just had bad coffee then anyway as i take (laughs) my sip uh uh it's good to be with you here um I wouldn't say coffee's underrated uh, because it's incredibly popular, but this is an, uh, a show about things that are underrated and, well, bottoms up. Yeah, man. So everybody, when you listen to these fantasy podcasts, guys, you know, it. You, if you're listening to this fantasy points feed, you've heard all the big names. You've heard about the moves of this guy to this team. You've heard that guy. It's nauseating. We get it. How about some of the under the radar moves that are really going to help your fantasy teams in 2023 we're going to start with some running backs on the move and i want to start with samaje p ryan joe yeah. he leaves cincinnati lands with the denver broncos the 28 year old he's going to try to steady the ship while javante nurses back to health from this knee injury so maybe a lot of folks out there the casual fan that guy in your league who doesn't really pay that much attention he doesn't understand that javante may not be ready for week one so p ryan could have a bigger than expected role He's not a great between-the-tackles runner by any means, right? Last year on 95 carries, he didn't even hit 400 yards rushing. But for fantasy, what we love, he's a capable pass catcher. That excites us. 2022, Joe, Piran caught a career-high 38 passes, and he scored on four of them. Underdog ADP right now is at 126, which is about round 11. And what also is great, Denver bolstered their offensive line. They brought in some talent to kind of open up some holes for Javante and Samaje. And, oh, by the way, there's this guy, Sean Payton, who's now running the offense. Yeah, and, and Samaje Pirine, to me, just feels like a Sean Payton guy. Sean Payton is, it, as 
great an offensive mind as he is, and I, I mean, I think that's pretty unassailable, right? I, it, he's sure. frustrating for fantasy purposes. Fullback touchdowns, you know, number three tight end touchdowns, the Taysom Hill BS, all, all that stuff has driven us nuts from Sean Payton. But Samaj P. Ryan is one of those boring guys who I think Sean Payton will love. Um, he's a good receiver. He had 38 catches last year, four touchdowns. He played 41% of the offensive snaps, which is a snap share that can be low-end fantasy relevant by itself, but you hit it right on the head. Javante Williams when that injury happened, Edwin Porras, our injury expert at FantasyPoints.com, compared that injury to that of J.K. Dobbins. Now, J.K. Oof. Dobbins suffered his in August of two years ago. He's still not right. And I, and I don't think he's still 100%. Now, he came back at the end of last season and was producing. Um, he had some long runs. But I think, I, you remember, I believe it was against the Steelers where he had that long touchdown run. and And it looked like... It looked like the Greg Jennings Madden video. Like, he was dragging his leg to the oh, end yeah. zone. You know? Like, there was a significant hitch in his giddy-up. So, presuming... He'll come at you. What's that? AK will come oh, at God. you. Oh, God. Oh, oh, please. We should have we should have spoken code on this podcast about him. Um, And, no, I'm going to give him all, all credit for, by the way, fighting through that. For By all accounts, it was a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to give him every piece of credit for that. But keep in mind that Javante Williams suffered his injury about six weeks in comparison later than J.K. Dobbins did. Drake, I don't think, if if those injuries are similar, I don't think we can sit here and be certain that Javante Williams is going to play football at all this season. Javante Williams right now has an underdog ADP of 79 which is a seventh round pick which you know if the injury isn't that awful then maybe that's fine but we're already getting mixed reports about him Mm. samaj p ryan at an 11th round pick is going to be on a ton of my teams because who's even to say if and when javante williams gets back that sean payton's going to use him as a 60 65 percent of the snap share guy I, I I think that's a I think that's a heck of an assumption to make. So they brought in Samaj P. Ryan. They targeted him. This is a guy who is a boring as crap, but extremely defensible, if not outright attractive pick at his price. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the guys that are going ahead of Samaj P. Ryan just before him. A guy we'll talk about a little bit uh, later on in the show, Damian Harris. Alexander Madison. Again, we have to see what happens with Delvin Cook. Brian Robinson going off the board. And we talked about Brian Robinson. I want nothing to do with Brian Robinson in any kind of PPR league. And Jamal Williams, who we'll we'll get into here um, actually next. So Jamal Williams was the NFL leader in rushing touchdowns just a year ago. And he's found a new place to dance, and it's down in New Orleans. But the Red Sea could be parting for Williams as Elvin Kamara has potential legal issues and if those come to fruition, a likely suspension looming, there's really nobody else here on the roster to steal carries for him. Wouldn't surprise me if they went out and drafted somebody in the draft next week. He's being drafted on the 9-10 turn on underdog. 
Now, I don't think I love Williams as much as you do, Joe. He's a guy who does very well in short yardage. Mm -hmm. But in his career, he's always been the backup plan. Last year, had his career year, only managed 62.7 yards per game. But I'll give you this. He can catch the football a little bit, probably better than most people give him credit for. So this offense, led by Derek Carr, to me seems pretty low octane. And I'm wary of his chances to fall 17 times into the end zone again. What are your thoughts on Jamal Williams? Well, uh, keep in mind, if you look at his receiving numbers from last year, just 12 catches for 73 yards, you're like, oh, this is a this is a short, this is like Garrett Blunt reincarnate. Um, but keep in mind, his career high catches and is 39, and he never yeah. had fewer than 25 heading into last year. So his role essentially completely changed. And we know he's going to be great at the goal line. And I feel like he's now one of those guys where – he has the reputation of being a touchdown scorer. So I feel like player or coaches are going to use him in that regard. So I think while Taysom Hill is always going to be a threat to steal, to steal goal line work, I feel like Jamal Williams is now established as a goal line guy. Drake, I want to, I want to ask you a little question here though. Oh boy. It doesn't have to do with coffee. Does it? No, it doesn't. Thank God. Jamal Williams had 17 rushing touchdowns this past year. What was his career high before that? Oh, I just had his stats pulled up. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to say four. That's correct. Yeah. uh, Don't drink coffee in the morning, kids. You won't get answers like that right. That, by the way, I would have completely blown that question. I would have said, oh, that's a guy who scored 10 touchdowns multiple times. You know, like, so like, no, but his career high is four. As a matter of fact, his career high in receiving touchdowns is five. So before last year, he actually had a season with more receiving touchdowns than rushing touchdowns. But I think that speaks to the point where you were saying there's some versatility to him. And if Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended, by the way, Kamara averaging 3.9 yards per carry the last two seasons, his first two seasons in the NFL with over 195 carries. I think there's a big role here for Jamal Williams, and he's a potential bell cow if Alvin Kamara is suspended. So I view him very similarly as some as a Samaj P Ryan type of asset for fantasy, I, I I view them as almost interchangeable. I think there's there's somebody who you can get them really cheap, and I think that, that, that we're talking underdog now. But I think you can also speak to this for your redraft leagues come August if these prices don't rise. And Jamal Williams' will, by the way, Javante Williams' uh, 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 Samaj P Ryan's will. If we get negative reports on Kamara and Javante. But right now, it feels like these guys are boring players who you might get four, five, six, seven usable weeks out of. And you know what? That's fine. If Alvin Kamara is suspended six games or suspended, let's just say he suspended four games, and he comes back in October, and he's looking to set the world on fire, great. But what if Jamal Williams was averaging 15 to 20 touches per game over the first month of the season? And you're banking a three and one record heading into October. That's fine. Thanks for your service, Jamal Williams. I'll work the waiver wire and I'll find another RB2 I can use. See, that's the way you have to look at these things. When 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 you're drafting a running back like a Jamal Williams in like the ninth, tenth, eleventh round or a Samaj Pirine, those are guys who, if you get four usable weeks out of them, that's a win. This isn't like spending your first round pick on Jonathan Taylor. You need Jonathan Taylor to be somebody you get 14, 15, 16 usable weeks out of. Mm -hmm. 
at the, this cost, you get a month's use out of these guys. That's like a big time waiver pickup. These, this is the type of guy, these boring running backs. And by the way, Jamal, Jamal Williams was in the boring running back tier last year that ended up being a league winning type of guy. And he's right back in that this year. I love him at his ADP. He can do more in the passing game. I think there's a lot to like about Jamal Williams at this price. All right. So we're talking about underrated players. We want to mix in some underrated songs too. things that you and I might have on our playlist that maybe everybody else doesn't have. And just kind of, you know, we want to, as the, we're still a new podcast here, right? For the fantasy points, we want you guys to kind of grow with us and learn a little bit about who we are as people. And Joe, you've got a pretty eclectic music taste. Yeah. I know this from talking to you off air. So hit me with your first under the radar song. So folks, get out your YouTube, punch these in and see what we're talking about. Uh, so you, what you said, what you said to me was underrated. So okay, like, underrated. Uh, fine. Okay. Like, and that is a very difficult challenge for me because I listen to bands who uh, you might consider left of the dial. Um, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not Below like NPR stations. They're playing yeah. on those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and honestly, I like NPR music and I listen to the, the, I still, I live in South Carolina, but I still listen to the independent uh, college station from Philadelphia, WXPN um, quite a bit. And like, I'm not saying that like, I'm I'm on the ground on the ground floor of like music, but I like, you know, some bands that that you know, like for instance, I could list you 25 Drive By Trucker songs because people, you know, they're not a mainstream band, so I would of course yeah. I would consider them underrated. So I, I had to put a restriction on myself. It had to be something that you've likely heard or you've heard of the band, and coming in with underrated songs, maybe you know, not one of a band's most popular songs. And um, I was listening a couple of weeks ago um, to the Batman Forever soundtrack. And let me Jesus tell you something. Christ, that thing slaps, <laughs> okay? You know, obviously everybody knows Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Um, there's a There's a Flaming Lips song on there. There's an Offspring song on there. I know U2 is a very divisive band, okay? I, I, Tom Brawley hates YouTube. Absolutely. You piss off the grinder. Them. You've done something. Um, Bono's pretentious and whatnot. I happen to think U2 has some excellent pop chops. I love uh, the Edge's style of guitar playing. U2 has a song on the Batman Forever soundtrack called Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, and, it, and it's awesome. Sure. So I think I that, that is an awesome U2 song that it probably isn't among their more popular songs. You know, it's not where the streets have new name or one or beautiful day. Or, or New Year's Day, or, or, or you know, but it is an awesome song. It's got a killer guitar riff, a little kind of an attitude-y vocal by Bono. Like that one, Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by YouTube. Man. If you guys want a great movie soundtrack, Forrest Gump, from whatever that was, 90, 92, whatever, tremendous. Uh, my pick from 1984. We're going back in the Wayback Machine here, folks. How old were you in 1984, Joe? Uh, I was not born yet. Oh, boy. We're going way back. This is Seven Spanish Angels, right? This is a duet with Ray Charles and Willie Nelson, right? I want you guys to go to YouTube, look this up. This is a beautiful song. It, this is a perfect day for it for you guys out there who partake. Uh, go, light one up, listen to Seven Spanish Angels. Beautiful little melody. They really get rocking on the piano. Super fun. I want you guys to go into the YouTube comments. Leave us some underrated songs that you guys like listening to. 
And, uh, you know, I got some time on my hands today. I'll go through and listen to your guys' selections. All right, let's keep rolling with the fantasy talk here. The AFC dominoes are AFC East dominoes, I should say. They're falling as Damian Harris leaves New England for the sunshine and tropical vibes of Orchard Park, New York. So two-prong take here. Number one, I dig Harris as kind of a big back for Buffalo. I think it's something they needed. He's not anyone, though, that I'm going to be targeting in drafts because we know Josh Allen. He's realistically their goal line back, and James Cook could take a, a shot ahead, but maybe better for reality than fantasy play. The reason I bring this up, because Damian Harris is gone, and now I love, love, love Ramondre Stevenson in New England. Yes, Joe, this team is a mess. Yes, they have the ghost of James Robinson, but Ramondre's legit good, and he's the only guy at the moment who's a real threat on their offense to do anything with his touches. He's only in his third year in his, as a pro. This kid's in his prime, 1,000 yards last year on a team led by Matt freaking Patricia. Now he gets Bill O'Brien. He had 69 nice receptions last year. ADP of 34, that's late round three. Sign me up. Give me all the Ramondre this year. What's Ramondre's ADP right now? 69. No, that was his uh, passing. Yeah, that was his reception total, right? Yeah, 34, end of round three. Okay. Here is what scares me about him, and um, Ramondre was definitely one of our fantasy points calls that we got right last year. Shout out Andrew Callahan, by the way. hey uh, my My boy uh, of the Boston Herald who uh, put me onto that one. The thing that concerns me is something we might talk to Tom Brawley about. By the way, we're going to have, speaking of Brawley, we're going to have the grinder on the uh, our Tuesday program, to borrow from Nick Saban. Uh, we're going to be talking NFL draft props, so that'll be a fun uh, show to get done next oh. week. Um, he scared me. Tom did. Uh-oh. Because he is looking into the prop of team to draft B. John Robinson. Don't do it, Tom. The New England Patriots. Oh, boy. And here is why I would hate that for multiple reasons. Number one, your point with, with Ramondre Stevenson. Number two, I would hate it for Bijan because Ramondre is good. So you plop Bijan in Foxborough, and that would just scare the bejesus out of me. Bijan's currently in on underdog back end of the first, early second. Um, we've talked potential landing spots. Um, for instance, look, look uh, we know my circumstances. What will happen? Jumping off if the roof. I am getting drunk and jumping off my roof. If, if the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson with the top ten pick, but if Bijan Robinson were to go to the Philadelphia Eagles, he's a top three three pick in all of fantasy. And there's going to be pieces written that he should be the one one. So keep that in mind. If he goes to the Chargers and the Chargers trade Austin Eckler. He's going to be a top five pick for fantasy. If he goes to the Bengals and the Bengals cut Joe Mixon, which seems increasingly likely, then he's a top five pick for fantasy. If he goes to New England on a bad team or a mediocre team where he has a good young running back alongside of him, I think that's going to tank the value of two potential great fantasy assets. And yeah, uh, if the Patriots don't draft Bijan Robinson or don't draft like Jameer Gibbs or somebody like that, which is always, always, always a possibility with them. Then I love Ramondre Stevenson this year. I'm just scared of Bill Belichick as we sit here a week before the NFL draft. Is there a team that has been worse in the NFL draft, called the last 10 years, than the New England Patriots? Well, I mean, they're terrible. 
I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm an expert on, you know, a team's drafting and developing of offensive linemen or, you know, defense. But if in terms of skill positions, I will say the Patriots do pretty well at the running back position in the draft. I mean, they drafted, what, two, three guys last year, so those kids are still sitting on the team. Yeah, Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris um, were on that team. Um, Kevin Harris got some run late in the year, so did Strong. So, but, you know, they they drafted and essentially redshirted Damian Harris. The, years ago, they drafted and redshirted, like, Shane Vereen. You know, like, they, they draft and let these guys kind of simmer. James White was the same way. You know, they drafted and redshirted him. They're always a threat to draft a running back early. They've done it multiple years in a row. You know, remember they drafted Steven Ridley. Uh, I think Ridley and Vereen came oh in in the same draft class. Um, or it was either Ridley and Vereen or Ridley and White came in in the same draft class. So they're always a threat to draft running backs, and that's what's scaring me about Ramondre right now. If it, If <laughs> they don't add a running back and they just go as is, you're comfortable taking him at the end of the third round? I'd be comfortable taking him in the second round. Let's go! Let's that, go! I mean, so what about Damian? So Damian Harris in Buffalo. I don't know. This one's interesting, too, because he's got an opportunity to He's a good running back, by the way. He, he is. Damian Harris is good. And as I said, better NFL move than fantasy. Because he he, most weeks, he's going to run for 45 yards, and, and if he doesn't score, he, he gives you nothing. I, I think he's just somebody who coaches like you. Know, they like his physicality. They like his style. You know, mm -hmm. De Devin Singletary ran hard, but he's undersized. And I think they wanted somebody bigger. I wonder what this does to James Cook. James Cook was a second-round pick, remember? Yeah. You use a second-round pick on a running back. There is expectations there. It's essentially like using – if you use a second-round pick on a running back, it's like using a high first-round pick on a wide receiver. Like that, that guy should be a contributor and a big time contributor. So I wonder if they're going to uh, increase uh, the usage of, of, of James Cook this year as well. Just because it's 420 and people are going to be high and making crazy statements. What do you think of this? Derrick Henry is potentially on the move. I would love to see defensive coordinators have to set up and try to stop an offense where Josh Allen, Derrick Henry are in the backfield. And now you got, you know, what are you playing? Single high safety. And now you've got digs running around out here. It would be so incredibly fun to watch defenses try to scheme up things against the Buffalo Bills. Probably won't happen. But again, 420, if you hear this, you go, Drake's high. Sure, go with it. Well, we do know that they were in the market for Christian McCaffrey. So they were looking for somebody to improve their run game. Um, could happen during the NFL draft. And you, I mean, the, I don't want to go off topic on the podcast, but Tennessee is just one of those teams. I don't know what they're doing. And it might need, we might need to wait until Thursday, next Thursday to really find out what they, what they're doing. Are they going to make another run for it with Tannehill and Henry? Are they going to draft a quarterback and maybe move Tannehill and Henry? I, I really don't know what's up with that team. Yeah. They're just having too much fun hanging with all of the bachelorette parties coming to Nashville. I think they're a potential Trey Lance spot, too. Oh, like, I like where that. Where you could stick with Tannehill. To, Trey Lance is 22, by the way. I know. It's – So Louise. They gave up three first-round picks to get him, and now all of a sudden it's – you know, we're looking to get rid of him. But nobody's going to give anything. What are you going to get, three for him? Uh, 
Maybe. Drake, I, did you see the package Sam Darnold went for? And we yeah, was, knew Sam Darnold stunk. That's a good point. People can really talk themselves into court. We don't know Trey Lance stinks. Now, you the 49ers might have an idea. But we, us peons don't. He's played like four games. So, and anyway, I know that yeah, I don't want to go off topic, but like, and now the, the 49ers are, office. and the 49ers are 100% putting out into the marketplace. Hey, we're fielding calls for Trey Lance. Uh, not like, you know, it, it's just, it's a turn of phrase. They, they don't want to say, Hey, please call us. They put out there. Oh, the 49ers are fielding calls. Yeah. They're dying for someone to come get this guy. Cause they got Purdy. They got Darnold and they want to recoup a little something. Uh, give me another song here, Joe. A little, uh, what are we saying? Underrated song from the Joe Dolan playlist? Okay, so another criteria I had was a song that you've definitely heard that you might consider an annoying song. Um, And, and I think the term one-hit wonder is used derisively. But oftentimes, one-hit wonders are hits for a reason. Okay. And I'm not talking like the Macarena, which is obnoxious, or Cotton Eye Joe, which is obnoxious. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a legitimately good song that you might consider annoying until you actually listen to it and realize that it's pop perfection. Tell me it's Barbie Girl. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, it is from a similar era, though. All the right. album came out in 1998. The album is called Maybe You've Been Brainwashed Too. It is by the New Radicals, and the song is "You Get What You Give." Oh God, I remember that. Now you people, remember, oh that song. Well, it's actually a pretty kind of cynical uh, or, or, or sarcastic lyric. Um, the instrumentation's perfect. It's a phenomenal song, and that record is top to bottom with just pop masterpieces on it. It's not, um, you get what you give is not the best song on the album. The best song on the album is actually the opening track. It's called mother. We just can't get enough. Um, which is just an absolutely soaring masterpiece. They released one album. The, the leads, you might remember the league, the lead singer is the guy with the bucket hat. Very was not happy with stardom. They released one album. He broke up the band and he went and he, and he started writing songs behind the scenes hmm. and they have one album it has songs from front to back that are incredible pop songs, including You Get What You Give. Um, the, the last song on the album is a song, Crying Like a Church on Sunday, which is great. Um, it's one of those records that like, I think you should give a shot to if you like really good pop music, if you like 90s alternative rock. Um, but yes, I think that song is a phenomenal. You look at some of the one-hit wonders from the 90s, and some of the songs are really, really good. Um closing time by, i was gonna say closing time mm -hmm. by semi-sonic but i don't think anybody considers that underrated um right flagpole sitta by harvey danger is a phenomenal rock song um but that one i think is one where they might have the annoying one hit wonder label to them and i don't think it's deserved i think that song's awesome i was a top 40 dj in college wjpz the world-renowned station at syracuse university and also at uh, Oswego's only alternative, 88.9 WNYO. So I played a lot of those real obscure alternative songs at NYO and then at, at Z89, WJPZ, which is like the greatest 
college station of all time. Uh, we would play just all pop stuff. This was like a station that was legit pop station in Syracuse. So I would play like TLC waterfalls for the 50th time that hour. And then I would immediately just turn down the, the microphone. I'm like, I, you know, I put my radio announcer voice on like, you know, the beat of Syracuse Z 89 Drake here with you in the afternoon. And then I play the song and then I turn it right down. I don't want to hear any of these songs. My easy one, uh, underrated. Love this tune right here from counting crows. When a dream of Michelangelo, great tune, kind of sappy. I actually used the line in a tweet. The day I lost to Graham Barfield Kings classic, uh, fantasy football championship. There's a great line from the song, uh, about fantasy football championships. Uh, it goes, let's see. Uh, but when I dream of Michelangelo, I dream of Michelangelo when I'm lying in my bed, I see God upon the ceiling. I see angels overhead. And this is the fantasy football title line. And he seems so close when he reaches out his hand, but we are never quite as close as we are led to understand. Damn you, Graham Barfield stealing my championship. I want that belt. Michael, doesn't they use that line in another Counting Crow song? They probably, he's out there, man. He, uh, he use uses, it. I think he uses it in Angels of the Silences. I, it wouldn't surprise I me. I dream of Michelangelo when I'm lying in my bed. Yeah. Little Good angels tune. hang above my head. Bring me like a... Yeah, so Counting Crows is another band who I actually, they get made fun of a lot, but I love some of their songs. I've heard they are terrible live. Terrible. I've seen them. They're coming to Syracuse. I haven't bought tickets yet. Awful, awful live. Yeah. Uh, two so, worst bands uh, I ever saw live: Black Crows, who I love, and Counting Crows. The two Crows, crows were terrible. Crows. Were oh, awful. my boy, T my my boy TJ was like, "Well, when did you see him?" Oh boy, this was probably right before they broke up. I mean, they did a show that the first hour of the show was just like obscure Southern rock covers. People are like sitting down. Nobody even knew one thing they played. They're like, "Play, she talks to angels." You know, it's like it was terrible. Um. My boy TJ probably would have loved that show because he he he's he's into the crows and uh, loves the the loves the under the radar stuff that they do. The worst band I ever saw was Third Eye Blind. Ooh! But I've seen them twice. One show they were incredible. The other they were awful. So it's just one of those like uh, one of those bands, I guess. It happens. I mean, that's like seeing Baker Mayfield. When you see him in college, he's great. You see him in the pros, you go, who's this jabroni? And now Baker's down in Tampa Bay with this new look Bucks regime. So Brady's gone. Fournette's gone. Here comes Baker, Joe. This is a Bucks team that last year led the NFL in passing attempts with just under 800. There is no chance on God's green earth that Baker Mayfield is dropping back and throwing the ball 800 times this year. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, they got ADPs in rounds five and six, respectively. That scares the crap out of me. Not ironically, I guess, they ran the ball the fewest times. So, hello, Mr. Rashad White. What are you thinking about this Tampa Bay offense with Baker under center? Uh, I don't like it at all. Um, our guy, uh, Ryan Heath, who's a new, new contributor um, at FantasyPoints.com, actually wrote up a piece this week that I would encourage you to check out at the website where um, he called Rashad white, one of the five most overrated players in all of dynasty fantasy football. Ooh. I think in part because he views this offense as, but he also, uh, he views this offense as poor, but I think he also views um, what Rashad white did last year as not very good. Um, he wasn't any better on, on the metrics on, on, um, 
efficiency stats than Leonard Fournette. Um, the line hopefully gets better. They had a lot of injuries last year. I, I don't know what to do with this Bucks offense, Drake. I, to me, it's I just kind no of a void. I mean, you, I don't want to invest in a team that's rolling out Baker Mayfield. I mean, are you kidding me? You think this team's going to – he's going to continue the streak of 1,000-yard seasons for Mike Evans? I mean, this team could win four games in yeah, 2023. They, they underrated team to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year. Um, 100%. They're paying, the, they're, they're paying the Brady tax this year. And as I've said multiple times, they are happy to pay the Brady tax. They He was there for three seasons. He got into the playoffs three times, and he got into the Super Bowl. All right? Any Buccaneers fan, they won the Super Bowl. Any Buccaneers fan would have taken that three years ago without question. But now they're paying the tax, and you understand mm-hmm. that's going to happen. I, I, I think Mike Evans is a candidate to be traded during the NFL draft. I think they should trade him during the NFL draft. Um, this move, I just... Look, Baker was awful last year, and I thought he was going to be a huge upgrade on Sam Darnold, who was awful the year before. He wasn't. Um, he was worse. <laughs> is, is this Buccaneers <laughs> offense better? In theory, yeah, it's better than the Panthers offense last year, but I, I just can't trust Baker. No way. You mentioned the Panthers. They've got a slew of new wide receivers in town, and they're going to have a new quarterback. So I wanted to bring them up because it is kind of sneaky. When you look at DJ Chark and Adam Thielen alongside Terrace Marshall as your top three outside weapons, maybe they add someone in the draft. It it wouldn't shock me. Of those three guys, I mean, DJ Chark, Thielen, I'm looking at DJ Chark and I go, man, you could probably get him for absolutely nothing in your draft. And it's just all upside. He could be the number one target in this offense. Yeah. Uh, what are the ADPs right now on Chark and Thielen? Let's pull them up. And okay. pull them up there. Pull them up, Carolina. Wide receivers. It's populating. It's populating. Oh, it didn't want to populate that fast. Uh, All right. One well, second. Well, I'm just going to. It just well, it ran away on me. I'll I'll riff on this uh, while you're saying it because I can't imagine they're very expensive. No. And... DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, I mean, what? They – look, I think Bryce Young is going to come in. And I believe Bryce Young is going to be the pick, by the way. And I've been saying for weeks, like, I know, like, people are like, oh, you know, Richardson, and he's got the highest ceiling. I was talking to somebody who's in the league, and he said, Anthony Richardson is getting somebody fired no matter what. He said (laughs) – He's getting a GM fired if he hits his ceiling because they passed on him. And he's getting somebody fired uh, if they drafted him because he doesn't hit his ceiling. And I've been saying for a long time that I just feel like Bryce Young is a phenomenal player. Bryce Young is just, I, I think he fits the modern NFL. I think he has high football IQ. And I think he's the right pick at number one. And, <coughs> oh, you all right, Drake? But no, I'm not. I'm dying over here. Yeah. Um. So I think Bryce Young's the, going to be the right pick. I think the guys that they have at wide receiver are completely uh are completely fine at, in Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. I think I think he's going to be a an, an adequate ball distributor, and I think both of those guys are way too cheap at ADP right now. But I agree with you that Chark is probably the guy I would target more 
because he's cheaper than Adam Thielen. Um, I'm actually showing Adam Thielen as well. Adam Thielen's wide receiver. Oh, he's in the sixties. He's like a 12th round pick. DJ I'm Charks, here. 140, 141 for Adam Thielen. Yeah. That's a 12th round pick. I have DJ Chark as a 13th round pick. Again, one of those, I'll take either one of those guys in every draft right now. They're obviously a candidate to draft a receiver in the second and third round. You know, I was reading Bob McGinn stuff up at, up at Go Long, uh, Go Long TD. Uh, Bob McGinn, who who has um, who's cultivated relationships with scouts for forty years, and there's scouts in that piece that he wrote yesterday that said this is the worst wide receiver class they've seen in recent memory. So I don't know if any wide receiver is going to get drafted and come in here and nuke the value this season of Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. I'll take those guys with a much better quarterback, a quarterback I'm high on in Bryce Young. Exactly. That's, you know, your fourth, fifth wide receiver at somebody, even in a best ball, I think you can get some really solid weeks out of Chark and Thielen. And if you're playing best ball, we know you're doing it at underdog fantasy. Use our promo code fantasy PTS. We're going to match your first time deposit up to $100. Put a hundred in. We're going to match your hundred bucks. Now you're playing with $200 on underdog. They got contests going already for the 2023 NFL season. Along with that, we're going to give you a $5 subscription to fantasypoints.com. That's right. Come read all our work for just five bucks. After you deposit it underdog fantasy using promo code fantasy PTS. All right, we're talking wide receiver. One we haven't really got to yet, Joe, was Odell Beckham. So he's in Baltimore. They haven't yet signed Lamar Jackson. We don't know what's going on there. They do have a different offensive philosophy. Greg Roman is out. They're going to have a more pass-centric, we would imagine, offense uh, in 2023. Is Odell Beckham still a thing, or, or are we chasing fantasy ghosts, as I've tweeted several times? What's his ADP right now? Odell Beckham at 130. So you're That's looking probably 11 going round. up, by the way. Um, if he doesn't go a whole lot higher than that, I'm fine with it. Just in the event there's something left. Um, I'm not really sure what to think. By the way, I, I think the world of Todd Monken, I think he's a great play caller. Um, back-to-back national championships at Georgia. I thought he did a great job with the Bucks a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, Let's see what happens with Lamar. I think, as we mentioned on our Jalen Hurts Mea Culpa podcast, Lamar's dreams of getting a fully guaranteed contract are over. If Jalen Hurts, who who has led his team farther than Lamar Jackson's led his team, I know Lamar's got an MVP. You would think a Lamar contract is going to look similar to a Jalen Hurts contract. He's not getting a fully guaranteed deal. It's not happening at this point. And Mm -hmm. it's probably reached a point where both sides need to come to reality, come to Jesus, and come together. Um, and I think Lamar Lamar will be back with the Baltimore Ravens at this point. Um, I'm fine with Odell uh, where he's getting drafted. If he rises into the, like I don't know the sixth or seventh round, I'll have no piece of him. Um, uh, did you uh, I, did you see the graphic that our boy Trey Camberling put together a couple of weeks ago when Odell signed with the um, Oh, the, the catches by presidential administration? Yeah, well, like hundred yard games. He's had zero in the Biden administration. And I think he had fewer in the Trump administration than Larry Fitzgerald. Wow. So that just goes to show you how long it's been since Odell Beckham was truly great. That's why I keep saying we're chasing the ghost of fantasy here. Odell Beckham is the new Josh Gordon. We are going to chase that 
you know, 2003 Josh Gordon season for the rest of our lives. Odell Beckham is living off that one helmet catch. It wasn't that long ago, 2013, Drake. No, 2013, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to think when when I won when I won my fantasy championship. I had Josh Gordon. I wanted to look over and look at the trophy. So, uh, damn it, I screwed that up. That would have been a great piece for social. I'll I'll just restart it. We'll do it again. (laughs) But yeah, we're chasing that ghost with Odell all the time. He made the one great catch on Sunday Night Football, and we can never get over it again. So yeah, I'm out on Odell. I don't care. By the way, he's not just a one catch guy. Like I mean, he was all-time great at the start of his career it's just he hasn't been all-time great since the start of his career yeah it it ain't anywhere close to the start of his career anymore uh one more team or one more player that signed and i want to get your take on it we do a lot of philadelphia centric things here you and i both like the eagles we haven't touched a ton on rashad penny now this could very easily change if philadelphia adds someone like a b john robinson next week in the draft but at the moment Rashad Penny is on the roster and has a chance to gain uh, a lot of touches he's going off the board on underdog at 102 that's a ninth round pick still too low on a team in Philadelphia where you know they're going to touch the ball a lot they're going to run the ball a lot he's going to have a lot of chances around the goal line how much of this with Rashad Penny now I know the the majority of it is people don't trust Rashad Penny to stay on the field That's why Rashad Penny, despite his historically great efficiency metrics, whenever he's been healthy, is still a ninth-round pick for fantasy football and was only able to get a a one-year deal with the Eagles for for pocket change. How much of this do you think, Drake, is being artificially suppressed because of the the B. John Robinson specter? It's a good good question to have because – if you want to get ahead of things and draft on underdog right now, fantasy, uh, use code fantasy PTS. This is the time to buy Rashad Penny because his price, I guess with the Eagles will never be lower. The Eagles led the league in rushing touchdowns last year with 32. I mean, will that continue? Probably not, but let's say it comes back into the ballpark. Who, of everybody who's, who's else going to challenge them for, for rushing touchdown lead. I mean, you look at, you had Dallas last year had 24, Gone is Zeke Elliott. Detroit had 23. Gone is Jamal Williams, who had 17 of those. Then it was the Giants, followed by the 49ers. I could say the 49ers or Cleveland, I think, could be close to that. Maybe the uh, the Bears uh, with uh, Justin Fields. But the Eagles will probably blow the doors off the competition. Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know. Are you taking the Eagles? I I guess if you have the Eagles or the field, the odds are in your favor just to take the field because of what happens, you know, Jalen Hurts gets hurt. But, man... Rashad Penny, I, if I'm doing an underdog draft today and he's my ninth round pick and the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson, which again, I said I don't think is happening, then so freaking be it. Um, I used logic and I used um, I, I used hit Howie Roseman's history to make a pick that I thought was a viable pick and it, and it, and it didn't work out, whatever. Um, it's not that expensive a pick. I mean, this is a guy who I think if they don't draft a running back early, and by that, I mean on day one or two of the NFL draft. And we're getting the reports. Oh, my God. You know, B. John Ra- I mean, uh, Rashad Penny looks amazing in camp. This guy's a six-round pick by by July. It kills me. I know he's not going to be a factor in the run game. Not that Jalen Hurts is going to – passing game. Not that Jalen Hurts is going to dump the ball off to the running backs all that much anyways. But I like Rashad Penny a lot more in best ball – 
and that's a cop out to say. I like him more in best ball than I do maybe in a managed league because I think there's going to be a lot of weeks where you plug Rashad Penny in as your RB2 or flex, and he's going to run for 65 yards and no score, and you're sitting there, you know, with your phone in your hand with staring at 6.5 points. I don't know, man. I, I can I can see the upside here. Real, I, I I know you're not a big you're you did not like the Rashad Penny move for the Eagles. No, it's fine. He's yeah. I don't think people thought he's going to come in. And he, now he's the man. I don't think it's going to be that way. I think it is going to be an extreme committee. They liked what they saw to Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell got a shit ton of run in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And I think Kenny Gainwell more than anyone else is going to be a guy that uh, behind Jalen Hurts maybe leads them in touches. He was, and again, Gainwell, this is touches. Gainwell was my most drafted running back on underdog last year, and it was terrible for like three months, and then in the last month and in the playoffs, unfortunately the playoffs don't count for underdog best ball um, regular season titles. I was like, oh, yeah, there, there's that guy I was drafting. I'll probably be drafting Gainwell again, and I'll be a sucker again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just a matter of, I'll take any Eagle running back. And, and, and if that means, you know, I, I have some Penny early and I've got some Gainwell later or even Boston Scott in the 18th round, then so be it. Trey, I'm sure there'll be some Trey Sermon hype during training camp as oh, well. Yeah. But yeah, like the, you're right. There's a team that ran for 32 touchdowns last year. A large a large portion of those were, were to Jalen Hurts. A large portion of those were not to Jalen Hurts. So uh, th- this is a run game you want to invest in. Yeah, no question about it. Let me get, before we get out of here, one final song. Give me a song that people should be humming the rest of the day after this in this podcast. Okay. Um, so I have <laughs> gone on record as saying my one, one in all time song drafts is God only knows by the beach boys. Um, oh, I like that. It reminds, it reminds me of my dad. I just think it's a perfect, perfect song. Um, but there is a song. Uh, and I, I bought, I'm not Justin Fensterman. I'm not like this beach boys, super fan. First um, concert I ever attended. Beach Boys, New York State Fair. Was Brian Wilson there? Yeah, I mean, this is like 1989. I, I, I don't remember. know, because if Brian Wilson wasn't there, it wasn't the Beach Boys. Um, <laughs> John Stamos <laughs> was there, I can tell you that. Oh, my Lanta. Um, <laughs> but so there's a song from their, like, scrapped album, which was called Smile, which was supposed to be like their magnum opus and the great follow-up to Pet Sounds, which is obviously, I have a, I have a vinyl Pet Sounds back there, you can't see it. Um, this was supposed to be this um, amazing follow-up uh, that they just never really completed, but the songs got out there anyway. There's a song called Surf's Up, and obviously um, this is when Brian Wilson was in his deep, deep artsy phase, and it was a obvious callback to the history of the Beach Boys, but the song has nothing to do with surfing. Um, and it's, it's, it's layers of incredible vocals, um, just out there lyrics. I would encourage you to look it up look up the beach boys surfs up um it's it's hard for me to explain but uh since since they have my one one on my all-time song strap with god only knows um i i did, wanted to point out a maybe a lesser known beach boys song it, again Very nothing cool. to do with surfing um just a really really magical piece of music sticking with 90s semi-pop bands i love the band train i've seen them maybe more than any other band ever super underrated vocals pat monahan i'd put him up against anybody the guy literally was asked by van halen to go back out or led zeppelin excuse me to go on tour with them they did a led zeppelin cover album uh he's that gifted vocally they did a song it's a cover of a band sugar 
And this song is, is, uh, oh, geez, I just forget about it. Um, if I can't change your mind and it just boom, it hits you right off the front, really high energy, fun song. Go check out. If I can't change your mind by the band train. I, um, don't know much about train. I do know that, um, the lead singer ended up in one of those Hallmark Christmas movies that my wife watches. And I was like, is that the train guy? And he was in it. And, uh, coincidentally my wife's name is virginia uh oh so uh that 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 would be that would the only thing i know is that the the the, here the the only thing i know about train is that we asked the band uh on her 21st birthday if they could play meet virginia and they didn't know it so they didn't oh man so So, hope you guys enjoyed our look at some of the under the radar moves in off the off season thus far and Things are going to change. It's going to be hot and heavy with the NFL draft. Your place to get all the information is fantasypoints.com. Uh, we've got some fun draft day things going on at the site. Don't we? Don't we have a live draft show going on that Thursday oh, night? For the opening Thursday day? and Friday. Um, Kick ass. I have, to, Let's I, have go. To talk, I have to talk to you about that, Drake, as well, because uh, we're going to have a rotating slate of guests. I think you and I um, should get together on Sunday evening. Um, pre-succession and probably do like a fantasy recap to maybe we'll go team by team and just like hey here's here's what changed for fantasy i think that would be that would play really well um we're gonna have tom brawley on on tuesday before the draft to for all your favorite uh player props fantasy points is going to be all over on the, our youtube channel um brett whitefield and scott barrett brett bringing kind of the film perspective scott bringing the model perspective uh those two are going to get into it they're going to fight uh, on on the live stream and i will be on the channel live on thursday night when i find out if i have to get drunk and jump off my roof let's go baby. see my reaction live i'm not gonna do it right away i have to figure out the best way for me to do that while not permanently damaging myself um but we will see what happens because if the eagles draft b john robinson in the top 10 i am getting drunk and jumping off my roof i do not believe it will happen um but we will see we need to trade down to 11. Let's go just to say I kind of feel like I kind of feel like that would be I would have to pay up somehow if they do that. Yeah, but, you just uh, we'll, we'll stand see. on the roof and, and wave your bottle of Evan Williams. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for hanging with Joe and I. Remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drake Fantasy. Joe is at FG underscore Dolan. So long and good night. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.